going on? It's episode uh, 48 still of Into the Woods, I hope. Um, I don't really know. Uh, do I even have to count the episodes, man? I mean, does it matter? You know, does it matter at this point? Do you even care? If you're listening at episode 48, I mean, we're that much closer to 50. But Jesus. Um, so I got the I got the stupid little thing back on the microphone, but this week it's a little different. I got uh, two podcasts and one for you. I uh, don't really know how long I talked to Brady Crandall for. That's what this is about, man. If you read the title in the description, you know that. Let me change this to time, so how much time I do. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I talked to Brady Crandall this week. He wrote a book. Uh, someone I went to high school with, didn't really know him until this is the first time I think I've ever talked to him in my life, uh, which makes sense because we're two different people. He's a lot smarter than me. Um, and I went to a big high school, so it's all good. But he wrote the book, The Living Machine, Engineering Strength of the Plant-Based Diet. Uh, he's a power lifter, engineer. I don't know how you would put it, man. He's in, he puts he talks about it later in the podcast. So if you want to listen to that, it's coming up in a minute. I'm going to do a little bit of funny here. Talk about my day because I got a little bit to talk about. Because how you doing, folks? You know, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm, I mean, I'm doing okay, you know? I think... I don't know if I'm doing okay. I think I, I think I'm trying to be okay. You know, I think it's been a rough go for me the last couple of weeks, but I think I've been trying to be okay. So I've been trying to do my best. I've been trying to be okay because maybe someday I will be okay. You know, I guess that's what I'm going for. So put that on your fucking walls. All right, take your if you live with a white woman, put that on a wall. I'm just trying to be okay. Put it in one of those little picture frames with the yarn strewn through it. And then write, I'm trying to be okay in cursive that no one can ever fucking read. And you show people at their house, your house when they come over for Christmas and you make it awkward because you're like, yeah, well, I'm sad. And then everyone's like, oh, you're sad? Get the fuck out of my face. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So, yeah. Um, what's going on, man? I did a little bit this weekend. That was a weird tangent I went on there. Um, let me turn the microphone. Sorry. Uh, it does sound better, though, with this little stupid plastic in front of it, huh? How about that? Uh, I... I'm pretty excited about this conversation I had because it makes me feel like I did something legit. And I was really nervous about the Zoom podcast, but it ended up working out pretty well. So, um, yeah, I think it went well. I uh, what'd you guys do this weekend? What'd you guys do this weekend, man? I went to Top Golf this weekend. That's pretty fucking dope, huh? We had to wait a long time. People, every time you tell them, they're like, oh, how long did you wait, dude? Was it expensive? I'm like, you fucking people. No pleasing you fucking people. How about you live a little, huh? The government shells you out 1200 bucks. How about you go and you you use it? You use it. Why never repeat myself? Just go use it, man. Just go use it. Jesus. I will live a little. Do an experience, man. We went to Top Golf. I uh, we had to wait three hours for everyone out there. How long did you wait? Three fucking hours. All right, and it was a good time because I don't hate my girlfriend. Okay, because we actually get along. All right, because we're friends and we have a friendship that we've built. So thanks, man. Oh, your friends, your friends. Yeah, we're friends. What does that mean, Ryan? What is being friends with somebody? I don't know, you fucking loser. How about you get a girlfriend? Fucking talk to somebody, you douche. God, fuck, man. People, you're like, oh, you waited three hours? Like, yeah, man, you know why? Because we can have conversations. We can talk. We can actually look at, we can look at each other and have a conversation and not be like, ah, I fucking hate this person. 
You know, is that is that such a fucking hard thing? Is that so amazing to you that I can hang out with my girlfriend for five hours and not want to rip my head off? Oh, God, I was going to say hair out, but, you know, I'm never going to rip my hair out, dude. My hair looks good, man. I could shake it. If I was doing a video podcast, you could see me shaking it, dog. But, um, yeah, man, I can hang out with her for a couple hours without wanting to fucking die. I'm like some of you fucking people, man. You know what else I did this weekend, dude? I went to Top Golf, had a good time, hit the ball, good as fuck. All right? Why am I so angry about it? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because I hit it good as fuck, dude. I was like, hey, young lady, uh, no one's wearing a mask, by the way. I gave up on it, man. I'm done with the COVID-19, okay? The mask only works if we're all wearing it. And guess what? I'm not wearing it. I'm not wearing it because you motherfuckers aren't wearing it. And you know who you are. You are out there. You know who you are out there not wearing the goddamn mask. And that's fine. And that's fine. You are entitled to that. But you know what? When New Zealand's out there putting 20,000 people in the goddamn stadium and we might not have a football season and baseball can't get their shit together. So what's the point? Basketball, they're not going to play because they don't want, they want to make a statement or something and they don't want to distract. But how long do you want to take? Hey, basketball, I think it's a good idea. You're never going to know. Bill Russell still doesn't know if he should have played in the game after Martin Luther King was killed. Or the King Jr., that is. What's up with that? Baseball can't get their shit together. Hockey? I mean, when's it coming back? Who knows? <sighs> what was I even talking about? Why did I get so mad? Oh, because people aren't wearing masks. Because you're out there, and New Zealand's having fun. They're having a new case in three weeks. Right? And they have less people. It doesn't fucking matter. All we needed was that fucking guy, and you know who I'm talking about, man, to not come out and say, oh, it's a Chinese virus. It's from China. And it's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Can we just figure it out? Is it real? Is it not? What? What are you talking about? Why do you do this? Why can't you just lead us? Why must you say the wrong thing every time? Why can't you just once be like, hey, maybe we should take this seriously? And then I'd feel like you're a strong leader. But you know what you are? You're a pansy. The president's a pansy. I said it. The president's a pansy. Hey, you hear that? The president's a pansy. That's what I'm going with. That's what I'm going to go with. It's all good. president's a pansy. Now, I was at Top Golf. Okay? And I'm hitting the ball. I got the left-handed clubs from the little lady, from the little waitress. And maybe it was the booze. Okay, maybe it was the top golf teas that I had that were fucking delicious, you know. Maybe it was the the atmosphere of being on the third floor, lining up those shots and just fucking crushing those balls, dude. Because I hit them, I hit them far, man. I hit the wall a couple times. I'm talking about that far wall, dude. I didn't slice. I hit it damn straight, and I'm like, fuck. Am I good at golf? Am I good at this? Like, everyone around me is like, oh, my God, is this guy good at this? And then I should have known something was up when Dana was hitting it 90 yards. I should have known. She she held it like a newborn baby, okay? She held it in her hands like she had no use of her thumbs, okay? All right? So how she didn't know how to line up her hips. I knew how to line up my hips. I know what I'm doing. So I'm like, oh, I can do this. I can go. I should have known something was up, dude. I'm putting off the back wall like I'm hitting fucking home. I was like, I'm Sammy Sosa or Mark McGuire. You pick. They're both white now. So you fucking pick, man. And listen, dude, buddy, 
these motherfuckers. I go, I'm like, you know, it's Sunday now. It's not Saturday anymore. Even though Saturday I watched the UFC fights. I made the joke with Brady. I watched the fights. The one girl's from Cleveland. The other girl comes out. I don't even know her name. Cavillo. Whatever. She comes out in a fucking wife beater over her clothes. And she fights in that. I'm like, yep, she's going to win. It's over for Jessica I. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking over. Call it. It goes five rounds. It was boring. But I could have told you the girl in the fucking wife beater was going to win. I mean, let's be honest. If, if, if you were going to fight somebody and they were in a wife beater, you know what you're going to do? You're going to lose. All right? Jesus. So then Sunday comes around. I'm like, oh, I want to go golfing. You know, I think I'm good at this. You know, I can go out there. I can put a couple good swings out there. So then I'm like, fuck it. I text my cousin. I go, hey, man, you want to golf? You busy today? Hit him with like three questions. I'm like, you busy today? You want to golf? Certain course? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And he goes, ah, I might go out with my dad. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, dude. Fuck you. So then I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to text Dana's brother, right? I'm like, hey, you want to go golfing? He's like, sure. I'm like, all right, you want to get a tea time? He's like, yeah, sure. He's like, 510. I'm like, sure. I'm like, I'll be there. And he's like, all right, cool. We fucking show up, dude. I'm like, ah, dude, I'm going to hit this ball so far. I'm on the first tee, looking out. It's a beautiful first tee there at the beautiful course. I look at that. I look at it, okay? I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the ball. I'm looking at the fucking where I want it to go. I want to go straight down the middle. 200 yards. I don't even put a lot into it, dude. And you know I got muscles. You know I'm strong, man. You know it. So what do I do? I walk up to the thing. I set my feet up. I set my stance up. I line my hips up. I line my shoulders up. I get my hands tight around the club. And you know what I do? I rear back. And I rear back. I swing through the ball. And you know what happened, dude? It went fing, to the left. Like a, like I never left, baby. Woo! Yeah. Sorry. Didn't mean to get so loud. Yoo! Right into the tall grass, dude. Never saw that ball again. Only saw it one time. Boop. Right off the side. Yep. And we're back. Yay. Woo! Ha ha! Ah, Jesus. I did like Top Golf though. It was nice. It's fucking good. You know what else I did this weekend? I watched The King of Staten Island. I don't know what kind of accent they have. It fucking annoys the shit out of me. The girl in that movie had an annoying accent. But you know what? It added to the charm. That's how those New Yorkers are, man. Another New York movie. <laughs> I fucking fucked that up. I wanted to go another New York movie. Woo! But it's about Staten Island. They don't even care about the city. Woo! <laughs> oh, Jesus. What am I talking about, man? But I watched The King of Staten Island, Bill Burr, Pete Davidson. It's actually Pete Davidson's movie. Bill Burr, director Judd Apatow, Maria Tomei, uh, Maude Apatow. Just a bunch of people in the movie. Go watch it. Streaming now, wherever you stream movies, except for Netflix. And Hulu, I don't know. Look it up, dude. You got a fucking phone in front of you. Why do you rely on me for all this shit, man? Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. I'm setting up the Patreon page, dude, so you can get more shit like this. So you can get more shit from me. Yeah! Woo! Ah, dude. I'm in a bad mood, man. Even though I just got off the fucking Zoom call, I thought thought I'd fuck the Zoom thing up. But you know what I did? I got it. I did it right. Yeah, you know I did it right, dude. I, did I watch three YouTube videos on it? Yes. Did I fucking 
did I was I nervous about it? Sure. But did I do it right? I did. What is up? How does this work? Got this little screen. What if I go around it? What if I go around it over here? Oh, jeez. What am I doing? All right. That's it. Uh, that's it for me. Uh, I, gave, I gave you another 12 minutes here. All right. I don't have much. Did I put anything in my notes, man? Uh, oh, fucking Brady texted me. He's like, hey, shoot me a text. I'm like, all right. I will. Jesus. I got to get some part. Shoot me a text. I got it. Don't worry about it. Did I put anything in my notes here that I want to talk about? Is there anything I wanted to talk about? Uh, Ryan, you have notes? Yeah, I'm a professional. Um, look, man, I'll get to it. All right, I'll get to the rest of the stuff. I have some questions for next week. Don't forget to send me your questions at ryanwispod at gmail.com. And if, you know, you like the podcast, subscribe. Consider liking the Facebook page. Consider liking the, you know, the podcast, rating it nice. Say something nice in the review section. I'll read it, and my heart will grow. And maybe then I can be okay. But for now, I'm going to show you and let you listen to the beauty. To the beauty of the podcast discussion I had with Mr. Brady Crandall. He wrote the book. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying it so often, but Mr. Brady Crandall, he wrote the book. Uh, He's studying to have his PhD, okay? And uh, I had him on to discuss the living machine, engineering strength of the plant-based diet. Do you see how hard it is for me to read out loud? Okay, so that's the that'll be me. I'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the podcast with Brady, and I will. And tell me if you like it, rate and review it. Say something nice, please. I will see you uh, next week. So thanks. What we do here is go back, 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 back. All right, so this is episode 48 of uh, Into the Woods podcast with your host, Ryan Woods. I'm joined today by, uh, would you call yourself an author, an activist, all those things? Would you start with that? Would you start by calling yourself that? Yeah, I consider myself an activist, activist, powerlifter, engineer, whatever you want to say. You have a lot more. You're in law school, too. You have a lot more credentials than I ever had. My, my girlfriend's in law school. Oh. I, I'm not in law school. Oh. I thought I'm in PhD was. school. Yeah, PhD. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, it all runs together for me. All that stuff, once you get past four years, is way too much for me anyways. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to... Uh, Today is going to be a topic. We're going to talk about uh, Brady. It's Brady Crandall. He's going to. He wrote a book. It's called The Living Machine, and it's about being a vegan athlete. And uh, I assume it's about the pros of being a vegan athlete. It's about his story. Um, today we're going to talk about that and engineering strength with a plant-based diet is what he wrote about. So I'm actually really interested in getting into that because I uh, I've talked about it on here. I I work out uh, very recreationally. Uh, I enjoy doing it. I um, am interested in knowing the benefits that it would have for me, maybe going plant-based. I've tried it a few times. Uh, would you say that you 
did you find it hard or like what was that aha moment where you're like okay maybe i want to be plant-based maybe i want to do this like did you do it like a couple days a week did you start by doing it a couple times how did you get into like what was the spark for being plant-based so i think there's there's three main sparks that, that get people into that um the first one's health the second one's the environment and the third one's animal rights so for me um, the environment was was what got me into it initially. I've come around to, to all three motivators, but um, primarily my focus as a chemical engineer is in clean energy technology and climate change mitigation. So I, I've kind of felt like a hypocrite, I guess, for you know doing all this work but not doing anything on an individual level. Right. I suppose. Right. Like you were like you were saying all this stuff, doing all this stuff, but it would be like if you were really into you know climate change and driving a like a a truck that burned that burned coal like a diesel truck with the DEF deleted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's a, a really good analogy, actually, because estimates have shown that the the contribution of animal agriculture to like greenhouse gas emissions is is almost right in line with the entire transportation sector. So they're they're very comparable. Right. So I would say, I you know when you start working out, uh, we could start like there. Like I mean, we all start working out at a very basic level. Um, it's just like one day you look at a guy who's got a lot of muscles or for you, like, I think in our cases, like I started playing sports and I started watching sports and was like, Hey, I want to, I want to look like those guys. I want to do what those guys do. So I was like, I'll pick up weights. Um, and I've seen your like powerlifting stuff, uh, on Instagram and stuff and you, you're a lot stronger than me, but what, what was that uh, moment like? Cause I think when we all start, we all get told like, Hey, it's whey protein, it's steak, it's these, it's these meat based proteins. What? was it hard for you, I guess is what I'm asking, like, was it hard for you to find substitutes for those things and like transfer out of taking like a whey protein supplement that is so easily and readily available at every store you can go in any anymore? Yeah. So I actually didn't start powerlifting until I was actually already vegan. I was, I was already like really big into lifting though. Like I played football for a while at John Carroll university, which is a small school in Cleveland, but ended up fracturing my spine there left. And part of rehabbing that is actually what got me into powerlifting because I, I figured if I could get, you know, just a really strong foundation around my spine, um, the issues would go away and it, that ended up working out pretty well. But yeah. So prior to, to going vegan, you know, I was, everyone always says like, Oh, I can never go vegan because, you know, I just love meat too much. And that was definitely me. Like I wrote a paper senior year in high school about, why you shouldn't go like vegan or vegetarian. So you did, you I wrote was, a paper you were, yeah. so you were all in on that. So what, so let's just say, I mean, we were in high school five years ago. That was senior year of high school for us would have been five years ago. That's just a, we're just timeline it for people. So you wrote a paper about how you could, yeah, shouldn't a, go vegan or vegetarian. Yeah, dude, it was a final paper for, for English. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish I could dig it up, but I don't have it anymore. Sure. That would actually be really interesting to post. And like when people say that you could like, you could give them like, now that you have this book out, you could say, which is really impressive by the way, the book. I mean, I, I kind of glossed over it when we started, but the book is impressive. How, but the paper would be amazing to say, look, I was this, just this person five years ago or less. And now I'm, you know, I'm on this full thing. I've done this whole thing. I've done this. I've done all the research. Would you say that people have a lack of inch, like research? Like, would you say people like me, I, I wake up and 
like, you know, I want to go to the gym. I'm like, well, it's so easy just to eat meat. I can't go without it. Like I go to Chipotle or I'm a normal person. I go to Chipotle Moe's or whatever. And I get the chicken burrito or the steak burrito or whatever. Would you say the people just the lack of options is a thing, the lack of ease. Would you say that's a big hurdle for people? Yeah, I think a, a big part of it is first and foremost, people just do not have an understanding of nutrition in this country. Oh, I actually and, really agree with that. Yeah. On top of that, meeting is just so culturally ingrained into people that they get really sensitive about the topic. If you tell them like, hey, you know, you actually don't have to eat that to be strong. You know, they, they almost get offended. Yeah, this I mean, is like the, you're right. Yeah, they, they get offended by that. This is like the masks thing now, like where everyone should be wearing a mask. And then but then one once one person makes like kind of a feminine joke or like a gay joke about a guy wearing a mask, everyone acts like they never did it. I've noticed that with people in my life, guys, especially if you make a joke and you're like, oh, dude, you wear a mask. Oh, you wear a mask. And then like you kind of like you test their manhood a little bit and they're like, oh, dude, I never I would never do that. And so they kind of just go against the grain. It's like rollerblading. Everyone rollerbladed in the 90s. And then uh, I heard that analogy a couple of days ago. It's everyone rollerbladed in the 90s and someone said it's for girls or whatever. And everyone threw their rollerblades away. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's actually a really good analogy. And I think it, like it's kind of getting into the the issues of as a culture, we really associate masculinity with meat eating. And that's yeah. probably the real reason I wrote that paper in high school, to be honest, is I was, I was uncomfortable with my masculinity. I felt like I needed to prove something. Yeah. You were just because, a guy. You were 18. You're like, Oh yeah, I'm strong. Yeah. I could eat, I could eat meat. Yeah. You know, my teacher was vegetarian too. That's part of the reason I did it. Oh, just, a, just, a, just a spider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, gee. I think that's how we all had. Have you ever done that where you're like, well, yeah, I had a teacher at, uh, I went to community college. I went to Lakeland Community College. I loved Lakeland. I had a science teacher who was like really, he was like now looking back on it, it was a biology class and he was like really ahead of the curve on a lot of this stuff, like climate change and stuff. They always are, right? Because they're into this stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and people were like, they made fun of him, but I knew they knew he was right, like about certain things. He's like, I drive a Prius because <laughs> it's, it's this, it's really good for the environment. I knew guys in the class knew he was right, but they're like, oh, I can't admit he's right because that's, that would make me less, but it, I don't think it's that. I think it's just being smart. I think people have a problem and you, and you touched on something, uh, the nutrition in this country. I heard some people talking about how, if you have a good immune, I don't know anything. Like I'm not going to act like I know stuff about, uh, like coronavirus or anything like that. But I think if you had a strong immune system, we never, we're never taught how to build up our immune systems or to be healthy. I think, I think it's like such a taboo topic. Like you can fight this, virus if you had you know steady diet a healthy diet drank enough water i mean i work with people who you know i've never seen them pick up a water bottle like they drink coffee in the morning like an energy drink in the afternoon then they throw a pop on top of it and i just assume they don't go home and drink water like i don't think they start at five o'clock so i just i can't imagine what their food is like but yeah i just think that it's not like it's never promoted. I think uh, veganism, vegetarian, there are some options out there and they, you know, sometimes Chipotle will go on a blitz where they're like, oh, you know, try our veggie options or whatever, but they'll never really sink it in. So I think that's a huge problem, it, especially if you probably touch on it. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously it's a very small percentage of the population right now that's vegan, but it's, it's growing very quickly. I almost think plant-based diets are kind of having a bit of a moment right now. Um, 
especially if, if you look at a lot of athletes like, you know, Serena Williams, Tom Brady, Nate Diaz, Kim Newton, Kyrie Irving, Aaron Rodgers, Lionel Messi, all these guys and gals, they're all trying out plant-based diets to an extent, all of them. And yeah, even you, if you go over yeah. and look at like strength athletes in general, which is what I focus on, the, the only uh, male Olympic uh, U.S. Uh, not powerlifter, Olympic weightlifter we sent to the Rio Olympics in 2016 was vegan. Um, you have Nima Delgado, who uh, just won men's physique bodybuilding, uh, national championship vegan, uh, vegetarian his entire life, but recently went vegan. You have um, the world champion powerlifter in my weight class. He's vegan. Uh, Nick Squires. You have Patrick Baboumian, Germany's strongest man. He's vegan. So it really is having a moment, especially in uh, amongst professional athletes. Yeah, I think, I think the, the plant-based diet stuff, cause I've always wanted to be like, I've done it for like, I'm not going to act like I've done it a lot, but I've tried, you know, a week here, a couple of days here, just because I felt like I was being weighed down by my food and it might've been my choices. It might've been bad choices. Um, but I've always wanted to be like, I'm not a very lean human being. I've never have been. It's just my body type. I've kind of come to grips with that. Yeah, no worries, um, me neither. <laughs> so I never, I would never was going to have that really small, like my, the way my waist is, you know, like when people are like, oh, you got to get a small waist. I'm like, dude, I got bones where my waist is. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do. I got these huge bones and they, these huge hips. And it's, it's just the way it is. I don't know. And I've always had big legs and it's like, well, I want to get leaner and I wanted to get, you know, lighter and be ready to go. So plants, like, I think I've, I've even talked about it before I even, uh, brought brought it up to you to be on this podcast which i can't thank you enough for being on it saves me a week of just rambling <laughs> yeah i'm happy to be here uh where i would eat like a i would skip like a meal right i would skip like a, a meat meal or a heavy meal or a greasy meal and i'd get like a salad and then the rest of the day i feel better i'd eat fruit it doesn't have to be like salads i think that's another misconception is that people are like oh dude you're gonna eat a salad you know, yeah, like, you just eat grass. Yeah, it's like I don't think that's it. I think that there are options out there where you can eat lighter food. And I think some people, there's actually, and especially in this country, I hate to like just blast everybody, but I think it is a, a big thing where we think we have to eat so much. Like we have to fill up our bodies, like to the point where we can't move. Like I've noticed that with especially just the way the portions are at most restaurants. Like, well, you'll just get like, why do I need all this food? Do you think yeah, that's like, yeah, that's do you think that's like true? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And when you look at the, the types of foods we eat in this country, they're so dense um, in terms of like uh, meat, especially. So we, we eat a lot more meat in this country than any other country does. And meat oh, yeah. is one of the most highest calorie foods out there in terms of volume. So, you know, you could eat an entire plate of vegetables for far fewer calories than you could in an entire plate of meat. So, so when not, you say... Yeah. People are pushing themselves and filling them up more, but the food they're eating just isn't as filling and there's just more calories in it. Yeah. Do you think now when you say like less calories now, what would you say to somebody? Now I know there's going to be somebody out there. Uh, this was an Instagram. Somebody. Yeah. There, there was an Instagram question I got. Uh, Cause I did put this on Instagram uh, to like say if anyone had any questions, cause I, I could talk all day about this. Oh yeah. But, yeah I love questions. So they said, so you said less calories. This is actually a really good transition. You said there's less calories in the, uh, you know, you can get the same amount of calories and whatever and less. What would you say to somebody if they're like, oh, well, how do I get as much protein? It's so easy to eat 
like say a steak and it's 30 grams of protein. What, how do I get 30 grams of protein out of, you know, whatever vegetable they basically said, how do you get protein out of what protein, high foods, high protein foods do you eat? Yeah. So this is getting to like, no, you I got it. I got it. So I think the, one of the biggest misconceptions out there is that there's the only place you can get protein is from animal foods, right? There's no protein in plants. And that's just, that's completely false. Um, you know, I eat anywhere between 210 and 230 grams of protein per day, um, without any milk, eggs, or meat. Um, and as a power lifter, I have to eat a lot of calories, right? right? So, you know, I'm not, I'm not sitting there eating salads. Um, I'm sitting there eating more dense foods like nuts, seeds. I do eat a lot of like the plant-based meats and things like that. Um, a lot of grains are actually, you know, pretty high in, in protein, beans, lentils. Um, there's, there's a lot of options out there. There's a lot of things with protein that people just don't realize have protein. And throughout the day, it, it, it adds up very quickly. Yeah. I think that, I think another misconception is you'd have to eat. Like, I think what this person is trying to say uh, is that he can just eat a couple meals, like two, three meals a day. I think you can eat that those same amount of meals and get the same amount of protein or macros as some people would call them. Uh, you know, some would just use macros and whatever, but I, I think that you can eat, like you said, all those things like lentils and you could have these meals throughout the day. You could have the same amount of meals and get the same amount of protein or more, I think out of, you know, the plant-based, like you said. Yeah. So I think if you go and look at like the plant-based meat replacements and things like that, the, the caloric content and the macronutrient profiles are almost identical. Sure. So you could have a portion of those or a portion of the meat and it, it's going to end up being the same. It'd be no more or less volume. I think the best example of that is probably something like, like the impossible Whopper. Um, calorically, it's about identical to the regular Whopper. Oh, that impossible whopper made for a hilarious South Park episode. It did, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I would let's just talk about the book for a second. What what drove you? The book is called uh, The Living Machine. Um, it's out July first. You've said it's engineering strength with a plant based diet, and um, it'll be out July first. Available on Amazon only. Yep, Amazon only. So. Oh. What drove me to wrote it is just that there, there's no good information out there for uh, plant-based plant-based strength athletes. Like the best you can get are like really shitty men's health articles. That's and that's the best yeah. you get. Yeah. So I've like actually, most of this, I've had to figure out on my own. Yeah, I think like that's been a big thing. I because I looked this up. I did you know I, I tried to be a little professional, do a little research for this. I. uh I was looking it up and I just got getting these, these crappy, like, or if it was, it was either a really old article or if it was like, you know, like you said, a men's health or like a muscle and strength, like is, and it always starts with that crappy headline question. Like are plant-based diets good for you? Question mark. And it's like, ah, I think we know the answer to that. I think that's pretty, pretty obvious, but it doesn't answer any questions. It's just very basic, you know, cut and dry articles. So I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad you wrote something. I, I think it'll be interesting. I think people, I mean, as, as we're finding out, I think in the world today, uh, a lot of people don't like to change. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I hope that the reception is good of this and I hope people are just willing to learn, even if they don't do it. I think it's, I think it's something I looked into because I was feeling like, is my diet keeping me? Like I was tired. 
I've changed my diet a lot over the last couple of years, just starting to work out. I think that's something you go through as you work out. Um, and yeah, I've definitely gone through a lot of dietary changes over the years. Yeah. You just start to like make these incremental changes. I, I just hope that people give it a shot and rather than just like, Oh, I got to eat rice and chicken. You know, that's how you get lean. It's like, I don't know if that's, that didn't work for me at all. Like rice and chicken just didn't work. It tasted horrible. And then people are like, you could add stuff. And I'm like, like add what hot sauce and mustard. <laughs> and no one wants to do that. Yeah. It gets old, but yeah, you know, I recommend that anybody that's skeptical, just try it for like two weeks. And I think that's the point when most people can, you know, feel, like feel some of the benefits it's about after two weeks or so uh, yeah, especially, is, is ideal, yeah. but at least yeah. two weeks. I think especially if you're just eating like crap for a week and you just change it for a couple of days, like a weekend, if you took a weekend, if you were ate like crap for a whole two weeks or just months on end and you're finally like, okay, I got to change something. I think you'll notice in the smallest ways that your life is better despite less, less meat. And I don't, and I not eat meat. So, I mean, I've tried to, I actually have tried to tone back uh, recently, not only, not for like, like you said, you hit a couple of three points there, like the, the, um, obviously the animal health and stuff like that. And, and the environment. Um, I don't know if it's any of those reasons other than it's kind of selfish, like anything, but, uh, if it gets to the end goal, I don't think it matters. Yeah. I think for, for guys, especially it's the health aspect for why they do it. Like every, I've, I've had a lot of my friends do it, like go vegan for a while or, or stay vegan. And almost all of them have started doing it just because of health after seeing like the game changers or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were playing, so you said you, you said you broke or fractured your spine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I fractured like the L2 and L3 vertebrae, the the transverse processes on them, which are the tips of the vertebrae just kind of snapped off. Oh, wow. Um, and they're so just gone. Well, can, I, can I ask a dumb question? Was that painful? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty painful. It, this actually happened in, in high school and I re-aggravated it in college. Okay. But I didn't I didn't find out it was broken until like a week later. It happened like mid-game. Um, oh, wow. I knew something was wrong, but I ended up, I, I finished the game and it sucked and I didn't play that well. And then like a week later, I realized I couldn't bend over anymore. So I went and got it checked out finally. Because like as a high school athlete, like in college too, especially, you're just kind of frowned upon if you like go, yes. go to get something looked at and you're not actually injured. And it's pretty problematic, honestly. Yes. I remember this was a big thing. I sprained, this isn't not even close to the same level. Uh, I was playing football in middle school. I remember spraining my knee and this is how this will show you just the humility I have. I played in the B games that they had in the high school. Remember in the middle schools, they'd have the B teams. And oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and we yeah. played in the B game. We had a B game and it was just some, I was playing at the time running back for the B team. So, I mean, it's not really that impressive, but I, I remember I sprained my knee and I, they like, we were like down players, right? Like they the actual team had some, like they were practicing we were playing and, and uh, I say actual team because we were definitely lesser than to the coaches. And so I had to come off. I'd sprained my knee and I'm like, oh, it hurts so bad. And I'm like limping. And it's like, uh, you know, that feeling when you, it like feels like it's, it's hyperextended. It's just like hyperextending as I'm walking to the bench. And they're like, get back out there. I'm like, okay, I go back out there. It just hurts so bad. I remember I just laid on the ground. I'm like, maybe they'll just take me off. And I remember like, because it's, it is even frowned upon at the smaller level. So it is a, that is a problem especially when you break your spine. I mean, I only sprained my knee and it's fine now, but geez, that sounds terrible. It's, it's, yeah, it's awful. Like I think there's been a couple studies that came out recently too, on just how like depression rates skyrocket, like amongst injured athletes, because you're, you're like almost immediately an outcast once you get injured 
and can't practice anymore. No one wants to talk to you, especially in football. Oh, the coaches yeah. don't don't bother to mess with you. Like even if you're a starting player, like they don't really want anything to do with you. You're injured. You're useless. Yeah, if you're if you're not contributing that day, it doesn't like it doesn't matter. Even if it's only gonna be you're out for three days on practice, I feel like they definitely don't care. Unless you're, a, I mean, unless you're like a star. Yeah, like I don't know. Looking back, it's kind of disgusting, honestly. Like <laughs> I went and talked to my my coach in college after I, I hurt my back again. I was like, hey, I talked to my doctor. Um, you know, we both think it's in my best interest if. I don't play football anymore. And it, his, his response was like, Oh, it, it just sounds like you just don't want to play. I was like, yeah, no, like you're not listening. <laughs> yeah. It's like, maybe I won't be able to walk when I'm 30. I actually want to like, do I, I only, I literally only came to the school to play. Like this is a business school. I'm studying engineering here and playing football, like miserable. When did you, so when was, so what year was this? Was this your freshman year at John Carroll? Yeah, this is freshman year. I only got to play in one game before oh, wow. I hurt my back. Oh, well, yeah. at least you got the whole summer of practices, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in two days. All yeah, that you, stuff. you got all that Didn't fun. Didn't listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's crazy. You, you only played one game. I think – so did you not really – so you said it happened in high school. Mm, then and I re-aggravated then, it. Then you re-aggravated it. So, and then you were sitting in – I assume you had surgery of some kind or did it just heal itself? No, no. Basically what happens is the tips snap off um, and just like destroy everything in their path. And then they eventually disintegrate, but wow. they hadn't disintegrated yet. Um, and I played linebacker and yeah. whenever I would tackle or anything like that, like that would just put a lot of pressure on it. And it, it would just basically just like dig in and destroy the muscle in my back. So yeah. it, back, sur- it back surgeries aren't, I mean, you could be a normal person and get a back surgery and never be right again. They, I don't know why they can't figure it. Cause I think the back, it's like, it's all those muscles, it's all those different muscles, tendons, all those it's things. The nerves. It's yeah, the it's, nerves. They got to be careful about in there. Yeah. The so much. Yeah. I think it's, it's crazy. He told you you didn't want to play. I think that's a big problem. Cause I, I know a kid who plays uh, high school football and he's a junior now. He just, he stopped playing cause he got like his, I mean, the numbers of concussions, it'll make you sick knowing what we know now. It's like seven that or eight. Horrible. Yeah, yeah, he awful. had like seven or eight concussions. And I'm like, geez, man. I like told him, I'm like, I can't, like, I don't, I'm not your parents. I don't, it's just a, my brother's friend. My brother's in high school. And I'm like, look, I don't know your parents. I don't know what your situation is. If you really love football or whatever, but I don't know if it's right for you to play. Like, I just, I'm just going to give you my opinion. I don't, I don't want to even watch you play. Like, honestly, knowing yeah, what you've been through. Honestly, to the point that if, if you play football for like five, 10 years, like you just have it, you have to anticipate that you're going to have permanent brain damage at this point. Even if you don't have any major, major concussions, yeah. you're finding that a lot of these, what they call micro concussions is what's doing the real damage. And just over time it's accumulating and it, it pops up later on in life. Yeah. I think it's like a, well, cause our brains, what they've, I, this is like crazy that we only found this out recently. And you know this stuff because you probably looked into it. And like your bodies, we can like uh, tape up our, our hands and stuff for fighting. And when I watch, I watched UFC this past weekend because it was just on, you know, there's nothing on. So I'm just watching something. <laughs> and uh, uh, I was watching it with some friends and I knew immediately when the girls, the, the girl fighters came out and the one was wearing a wife beater over her clothes. I'm like, yeah, that girl's probably going to win. And uh, that's, I'm just going <laughs> to give it to you. Like when she comes out looking like she could take that off, but she left it on over her fighting clothes and she won. That's how. That's how crazy. That's how crazy she is. But anyways, it's always crazy when these can knockouts happen and you can tape up, you can wear the gloves and stuff and you can wear these. I mean, UFC is kind of just barbaric, but uh, 
I don't like when they get knocked out and they get the extra four headshots, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the cool. worst. That's no, that's no fun to watch. And then our brains are in – my whole point of this was my brains and my brain and your brain are in fluid. They're not, like, really attached, and you can't mm-hmm. really keep them, like, stationary. So even no, if – they it, bounce around in there. Yeah, even, like, one hard fall as, like, an adult or even as a child, you, you fall one time, you could have a minor concussion. Oh, Yeah. I think that's like the most dangerous part. Like you, I think that's just a dangerous part of any sport. I know there's like a risk and I know some people will say, uh, Oh, you know, you got to take the risk and it's, you know, the, the life. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like everyone wants to play sports, but I think you have to weigh it. Like, do I, if I'm playing sports, like, especially on the smaller level, like you were playing with John Carroll is a, what, like a, is that a division? D3. Three? Yeah, yeah. D3. So you're playing a D3 college. I think your uh, professional prospects are low, not zero, but low. Pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so what, what would keep driving you? Like, why would you continue to play if your back is literally falling out of your, basically falling out of your body? You're just going to rip apart your body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't worth the permanent damage. And, you know, honestly, I'm a much better powerlifter than I am football player. So it <laughs> yeah. worked out. Have you done any uh, powerlifting competitions or anything like that? Yeah, I hold a couple of state records in South Carolina. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't even, yeah, that shows you how much I, I looked into it, but... <laughs> <laughs> I just know there's a kid at the at the gym I go to. It's Titans Gym. Um, are you living in South Carolina right now? I saw you're going to Delaware. Are you in Delaware? Uh, so I live in Baltimore with my girlfriend, and um, I commute to Delaware for for school. Yeah, I mean all those states are the size. Yeah, of Delaware's cities. small. Yeah, Delaware's one of the small states. But don't don't call it small. That's the first state right there. That's, it is. That's it number is, one yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew that's like a pointless fact. I know so many pointless facts about random i didn't know that i saw last week uh right after i did the the podcast i wanted to talk about it i saw mississippi state flag have you have you seen mississippi state flag we could talk this is just kind of off topic but i think so does it have like the like the confederate flag like up in the corner kind of yeah is that what i'm thinking of yeah yeah that's like literally how much of a northerner i am i'm like i didn't even know that that happened that's been going on forever yeah uh, that's insane, but <laughs> it, it is crazy. And I imagine like state flags are, are not easy to change either. I'm sure. No, that's going to be so, like, be that's going to be a big fight. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> it's, it's coming, but it's <laughs> not here yet. No, that'll it's be coming though. I saw it on the, you know, once the internet gets involved anymore, it feels like things change. So, oh, yeah, yeah. so at least we have some, some sway, but those people in Mississippi, man, I mean, they, they are slow to the party on a lot, on a lot of things. I mean, I hate to rag on them because there's probably good people, but geez, slow to the party on this one. Have you like driven down south before? I've been to um, the furthest I've been south in a car is South Carolina, the southern border of South Carolina. I've never been any further than Mississippi. Like I've never been to the borders of those states. I just stopped in South okay. Carolina. Yeah, so my family they just moved to Louisiana somewhat recently within the past few years. So I, I drive all through there, like Louisiana, South Carolina, to Maryland. So like all along that coast there, and like down south, you'll see like on on the major highways, there's like just giant Confederate flags. I know it's it's in, it's like a different this world. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's a different it world. Like I mean, you'll drive through like I mean, we're from the. Uh, I don't even like to consider us Midwest, being from Ohio, like. Cause we're where we're from in Ohio. I don't like to consider us Midwest. We live near a big city in Cleveland. I don't think that's, I don't think that's Midwest. There's nothing about this Midwest out here. 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's borderline. Yeah, if you go a little bit east to like some of those cities like Ashtabula and stuff, yeah, you get in a little Midwest, but Madison even, Perry. But I, we've driven like the, the drive to South Carolina, you'll see like large, uh, like there's large crosses and there's large signs that God's going to strike you down or something like that. Those are always kind of All the billboards are insane too. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. Does that like get me to repent? It kind of just drives me away. I'm just like, I'm good. I don't want to deal with those people. <laughs> those people scare me. Um, yeah, I love the South, but the people are, I don't love them quite as yeah, much. It's just a, the area is really nice, though. Yeah, the, you'd think such a nice, I think it's the humidity that gets to them, you know? You don't have that much, <laughs> must you, don't, you don't have that much anger, like in the places. I mean, there's anger everywhere, but I mean, that humidity just gets to them. Um, so you're living in Baltimore right now. Uh, yeah, I, I miss the North. I had to come back up. Yeah, a lot of good crab down in Baltimore, huh? Yeah, wouldn't know, but yeah. <laughs> I just tried to get you. You like that? <laughs> I really just I wanted to see what your reaction would be to me saying good crab. Um, no, like in terms of seafood, though, um, I actually this is something I've struggled with. I, I actually cannot find any ethical issues with like clam or oysters. Right, because there's is it because there's so many? Yeah, because, they're, and yeah. they're good. They're good for the ocean. They help filter out toxins and things like that. Um, they don't have developed neural systems. Yeah, they don't feel. I've never. I I don't like clams or oysters, so I don't really have to grapple with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just want like this. I know the seafood in, in Baltimore and Maryland is a big staple because yeah, we went to a, I went to a Ravens game there a couple of years ago against the Browns, obviously, and. uh they they have crab cakes at like the end of the second quarter. It's like oh. their thing. It's like a really strange. They're like, ah, oh, we have crab cakes. I'm like, what is what is going on here? Like, it's literally just crab cakes. They're not even that good. That's my biggest. <laughs> that was my that was my biggest gripe. I was like, I don't even like these. I don't even know why I have these. Yeah, I've never I've never liked crab cakes. Although I, I did try some vegan crab cakes in Baltimore. They were okay, but I don't like crab cakes to begin with. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about being vegan. I just started rambling about the South. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> uh, I started rambling about people not wanting to change, and the South came to mind because those people never change. No, yeah, I mean, being vegan in the South is, is probably one of the harder places to be vegan. I think too. that would, yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll if, say. There was, if there was going to be one place not to be vegan, it would be, I would just name the states. I'd be like, well, I wouldn't start in Alabama. Miss, I would just start going, <laughs> I would just make my way. But honestly, like if you're in a city, just about anywhere, there's like vegan restaurants everywhere nowadays. Yes, yeah, I think there's that's just actually, more up north. Yeah, I think that there's probably a, a good point like there probably is small pockets of of vegans and just people who you know i don't want to i'm just going to say it, but care about their health uh you know because i'll eat meat like I, I don't know if i'll ever be able to kick it i do make conscious choices this is my biggest this has been my biggest change over the last few years uh health products i don't know if you've you didn't probably talk about this in your book but you probably know a lot uh like i use shampoo conditioner um, I mean, you, you could probably, you can't really see cause it's dark, but I have, you know, I got long hair. I talked about it in the last episode. I've been growing it out. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the health products of vegan health products. I think that that is a, that's a, a growth, like, where I think that's where people started. That's where I started looking at like vegan stuff. Like, obviously I knew about like tofu and all this other stuff that like were thrown at me when I was growing up. But I was like, oh, I want vegan. Why would I not use healthier hair products or healthier skin products or healthier lotions? Why would I keep using these, you know, 
you know, these soaps, like why do you have any advice for people who are like, or just like the facts, like why would like a regular bar of soap, which has all these chemicals, why wouldn't somebody just get a normal vegan or healthy, normal bottle or bar of soap? Yeah. So I'm not going to like sit here and lie like bullshit, but I, I literally don't know anything about soaps. I'll be honest. Oh, that's fine. Like my, my girlfriend has taught me everything I know about soaps. I mean, I do, I like, I do avoid soaps with like dairy and lemon stuff but because I'm vegan, like ethical issues. But I, I honestly, I, I don't know shit about soaps. I just know. Nutrition, do you think, so no, this is like literally, no, this is like literally, um, I didn't, uh, I just that's literally that's like okay so this is a thing I've been working on like I just been saying this to guys who are single I'm like I like say that I'm like oh, I use vegan shampoo and conditioner and they're like what are you talking about like I don't know my girlfriend turned me on to it and she they just the, <laughs> the girls will just like hey you use I'm like what is that and she's like oh it's a natural lotion and I'm like oh is it good for you she's like I don't know try it I'm like oh this is good for me and I can't admit it I'm like oh this is oh geez I just, that's what I, that's how I started when I was younger. Cause I've been with my girlfriend for, <laughs> we've been together for five years. So like now everything is, you know, once you get past a certain, I think you get past a certain year. I know older people, if they ever listen to this, my demographic is quite young, but if older people do listen to this, they'll be like, Oh, five years, it's really not that long. It is a long time for somebody who's 22. Okay. That's a lot of percentage of my life. So I don't want to hear it. But you you learn to just like go along with it, and you're like, all right, well maybe I'll try it because they're like, oh, you got to get this, you get that. I'm like, okay, because I don't spend much time in the soap aisle. I'll be honest, I just get. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> my you, my sister is a, a cosmetologist, so I pretty much just like give her money and, and just say like, here, go get me something good. You just defer. You're just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please help me. That's how I was with. Uh, I will say the one thing I can't get off of is the. I mean, this isn't even on topic. It's it's toothpaste. I tried to use like natural toothpaste. What's natural toothpaste? It's, I don't even know what that is. It's gross. Like baking it soda? It's basically, yeah, it's gross. It's disgusting. <laughs> it says like mint on the bottle and you're like, oh, okay, mint. Yeah, I know what that tastes like. And then you get it. Like, this doesn't taste like mint. It tastes like dirt. And you're just rubbing <laughs> it on your teeth. And you're like, oh, this is disgusting. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the one thing I can't kick. I've literally tried to be... Like I don't use, I mean, it's so lame, but it's just who I, it's just like, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's the way in. It's like the, they might call it the gateway to the, to being a more natural, like uh, vegan. I don't even know what the word, cause I don't want to put it like, cause I'm not, I'm not vegan. Like you are, you do all the stuff you do the, you obviously do the, the power lifting and, and things like that. Um, but I think when you start making these small changes and it could be something really small, you, I think you might agree with this. Like, it could be small changes like we're like, oh, maybe I won't use and it could be something as dumb and it's not even vegan, but don't use plastic water bottles. Like use a refillable water bottle. Then you're like, OK, you'll feel better doing that. And then you'll do this and that and this. And it's just the next steps. So I think it's a it's a long it's a long process. How long did it take you? And I don't even know if you'd agree with that, but uh, how long would it take you to did it take you to become fully uh, vegan? Like when did that that change happen? And you're like, oh, OK, now I'm now I think I'm going to do this. Yeah, so this all happened like sophomore year of college. And I, I took it pretty slow, honestly. So before I even like was on this whole plant-based thing and was considering going vegan, I, I'd already pretty much eliminated red meat from my diet uh, for health and environmental reasons. But I wasn't even considering going plant-based at the time. So like like you said, a small change like that 
can really kind of snowball because you start thinking about like where your food's coming from. Most people just don't know where the food's coming from or how it's produced. Like if you ask someone, you know, where their, their animal products come from and what the, the setting looks like uh, oh, from where yeah. they're produced, they have no idea. And if you try to show them, they, they look away. They don't want to see that. Yeah. That's a, that is actually a good analogy for like what's going on, I think in the world um, oh, yeah. <laughs> right now, like if we wanted to, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you've looked outside, but <laughs> the, the world is on fire in some parts of the country. Um, yeah, just a little bit. Not, it's not even not ideal. Yeah, not even like real fire, I would say, in most parts. I would say it's just on fire with people fighting for good causes. I would actually say, you know, they're out there and uh, they're they're doing the right thing. I think, in my my opinion, I haven't protested or anything like that I because I just... Yeah, you know, I mean, I so just, we, we have the... the we have a pandemic, a borderline <laughs> race war going on, and, and we have climate change peaking around the corner. So, <laughs> oh, climate change. That's actually what I want to talk to you about. Uh, because you've done a lot of, you've done a lot more than I think, you know, some people might say, Hey, I've done a lot for climate change. And I'm like, What have you done? It's like, Oh, I recycle my cans now. I'm like, Oh, cool. And then <laughs> <laughs> you just walk out. But I think you've done a little bit more than the average person. You spoke at a, uh, a couple of conferences. Um, you want to talk a little bit about climate change? Cause I think, I mean, I think we talked about it before we got on. I don't want to sit here and just say, oh, yeah, you're right. And then you'll say, oh, yeah, I'm right. Because, you know, who wants to hear that? But you spoke <laughs> at, a, at a couple uh, conferences. And I think climate change, like we live on a planet and it's changing. And it seems to be changing, uh, you know, in a dangerous way. And I don't want to be, I think we live on it. I think that would be the number one priority is one, keeping the planet we live on, you know, safe. So what would you say to the people who believe maybe climate? I don't know if, know if people that don't believe in climate change listen to this or will hear this, but do you believe that people are out there just not willing to change about climate change? Like they're not willing to even look at it like, like you're saying, or what do you, what have you found in your experience? So I worked in DC last summer and I took a really deep dive into this. I don't know if you're familiar with the Heartland Institute, but essentially they're this, uh, conservative think tank that's funded primarily by the Koch brothers and Exxon um, and some other oil companies. Right. Uh, and basically they're a money funnel. So they go out and, and spread disinformation about climate change and run ads and all sorts of things. Um, and they, they uh, throw money at politicians to try to push away uh, like clean energy and promote fossil fuels. Um, and basically just uh, manufacture doubt around climate change. And honestly, at this point, the evidence is so clear and so overwhelming that the vast majority of people who aren't recognizing the significance of, ch of climate change and the, the need to act on it, I think there's little chance that they're going to change their mind, to, to be completely honest. That was my biggest takeaway from going to that. This conference was um, that I went to was at the, the Trump International Hotel, and it's like basically like this big climate denial conventions the biggest one in the world um right there in dc in trump's hotel um and i was oh, i was there for like 12 hours straight just listening to like garbage scientific lectures and it, some of the like logic fallacies are just so absurd that any rational person would would like immediately like raise a red flag at, at seeing these like one argument that they they legitimately presented at this conference was that um you know 
back in the day before pollution, when we were all cavemen, we didn't live as long. And now that we have pollution, we all live longer. So therefore, <laughs> so therefore pollution is good. Like th- this is the type of logic that they're presenting. It's good for us. All this is yeah. good for us. The smog in cities, like beautiful cities, like Los Angeles covered in a gray cloud. It's actually, it's good for them. Okay. Yeah. We live longer now. So of course, <laughs> of course it's our, the only thing that makes sense. See, that, that doesn't have anything to do with medicine or any other thing and the, the scary part is there were there were congress people speaking at this conference that is a that's actually i don't even know if that's amazing i think it's terrifying um yeah it's that, terrifying <laughs> that those people can get so far like in i don't even know sometimes it feels like this is how i felt about politicians for a while i'm like i don't know if they believe i think this is what i tell myself to so i can sleep better at night i'm like they can't believe what they're saying there's no way and because if they did, I mean, that's just it, the evidence points to they do believe what they're saying. And it's absolutely terrifying because I can't believe people get this far and get this powerful. Like those people have power to change. And they're literally just like, actually, nothing's happening. <laughs> that's the, that's the most terrifying part. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, a big part of it is that the fossil fuel industry is just so deeply ingrained in politics. Yeah. That people don't even realize it that that they're being duped essentially to believe oh well you know if we act on climate change that's communism or this and that and they're being convinced by these corporations to act against their own interests and support things that aren't in their own interests and that's when it gets very problematic do you and uh, let me just put it throw this out there real quick too um as an engineer who's worked in both the i kind of work at where policy and engineering intersect Solving climate change is no longer a technological problem. The technology's there. This is now a political problem, 100%. Yeah, and I think that's like the people that I've, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people. A lot of people, I don't know if you've had this happen, but a lot of people love to just throw their opinions out everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've talked to a lot of people unsolicited, some solicited, mostly unsolicited. And I, and I usually, I find myself, I'm, I'm really boring on these things like to talk to with like in public, because someone will come up to me and they'll be like, hey, man, what do you mean climate change is real? That's a, you know, a communist thing and all this. And I'm like, well, actually, like, it just seems like a a health thing. And for a world thing, like, I think we all live on the same planet. I don't really want to put a party line on it. And they're just like, no, man, it's a leftist thing. I'm like, oh, we're doing this because I didn't like I don't like politics because I come out so much in the middle. I'm like, all right, man, why can't we just do the right thing? Like, I think that's the naive feeling I have. Like where I just assume that people in power will do the right thing. And that's clearly not happening. I think I'm losing. Yeah, I, I no longer have that assumption. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I, I think I lost that a couple of years ago where I was like, ah, I don't think everything's going well anymore. <laughs> and so I, I just like, I'm like, why can't we just do the right thing? And it's like, it's very, it's very uh, depressing when people throw their opinion at you and you, you hear it and you're like, do you really believe that? where did you read that? Like, where did you hear that climate change is actually good? And they're like, what? And then some people are like, oh, this climate change is actually, you know, we all, our climate goes through a bunch. I've literally heard this before from someone who actually respected and I actually thought was my friend um, (laughs) until this comment. Uh, They said, the climate is always changing. They said, it always changes throughout history of the world. Just look it up. There's been ice ages. There's been this and that. I'm like, well, yeah, man. Clearly, thanks for joining the party. What do you mean? It's just like your answer. It's like, hey, climate's always changing, and they just walk away. <laughs> That'd be such a terrible, terrible thing to just. What if they just ended it there? Ah, climate's always changing. Gotta go. 
yeah, it just seems that, like the approach. That seems like the approach, though. And I, I feel there's like a handful of these like things that people think are like witty that they'll come at you with that have just been so thoroughly debunked. Like the idea that the climate is always changing as well. Like, yeah, obviously, but this is the first time it's ever changed due to humans. And this is the most rapid it has ever changed. It's not the fact that it's changing. That's the problem. It's, it's how quickly it's changing. And yeah, it's, like, it's hundreds of times more rapid than it's ever changed. Yeah, and we like, don't have time to adapt. Yeah. I just wonder if they think that like cities, certain cities, like being underwater is just normal. Yeah. I don't know. Like these people, they just, uh, the problem is the underlying issue is that people have politicized science. Yeah. Science should be the very first thing we start at when we make policy. Like that should be what everybody like unequivocally agrees on. Like, okay, this is our starting point. But instead people look at the science and say, okay, you know, I'll accept the science because it, it supports my viewpoint or I'll, I'm just going to deny the science because it doesn't support my viewpoint. And that, and that's a big problem because that is the most objective place we can start to make policy from. Yeah. I don't, I never liked it. Cause I stopped, I think I stopped caring about, I mean, I didn't stop caring about politics. I think I stopped talking to people about them, like them just throwing, cause it's not even a conversation. It's them just walking up to you or you bring something up. You're like, Hey man, what's going on? It's pretty crazy. I don't think we should have the Confederate flag on state flags. And they're like, Hey man, it's our heritage. I'm like, I don't know whose heritage you're talking about, but I was not born there. Okay. So <laughs> like, they'll just start with that. And then if you bring up climate change, they're like, yeah, man, that's a, that's a liberal thing. I'm like, I actually think it's an everybody thing, but sure. I don't know why you labeled it. Cause once they start labeling it, they go and they, I think it's turns into sports teams. Yeah. So it's like this herd mentality. It's this uh, tribalistic mentality where even if they did kind of realize, okay, climate change is happening, all of their friends and this in total, this total realm, they've engulfed themselves in yeah. with their family and the news outlets they watch, it all contradicts that. So if they were to accept that the climate is changing, now they're going to have to fight every single person on it that they've like put into their life and in their social circle. And they're not going to be accepted anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I just started, I talked, I always thought about this. I've always wondered if those people had a moment like halfway through, like, you know, when you're doing something, I don't know if you, you had this, I have, I think I have a slight anger problem where I'm just, I get mad at dumb things and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't come out in the worst ways. Usually it's just like, I get in an argument with like my girlfriend and I'll just be like, I gotta be right. And I'll just be, you'll get halfway through it and you kind of know you're wrong, but you're still going to yeah. be mad <laughs> and you're going to try to win. You're just like, I gotta go. I gotta finish this for no reason. Even though you know, you shouldn't like, you should just give up, but you're like, actually I gotta be right. Okay. It's just how it should go. And then you just do that. I think that's, on a much more dangerous level, people approach the world with that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I think being able to change your mind is, is one of the most important things. Like, that's a really important ability. Like, back in high school, I didn't believe in climate change. I didn't know anything about it. I, right. I just assumed it was junk. I, I claimed that I was a conservative. I didn't really understand the ideology, but I knew they, they didn't like climate change. So, therefore, I was going to be against it. Yes. Um, that's and I obviously changed my mind since, and I changed my mind about the plant-based diets because a new evidence was presented to me, um, objective scientific research, and I I accepted that my prior viewpoint was wrong. I think more people need to do that. Yeah, I think that that's a a really interesting thing because I remember when I when I first got into, I think we all go through a phase in high school. If you don't, you probably live in a you probably have a better childhood than I did because I think in high school I was just like. Oh, you know what? I'm going to get really into politics this week. It was around the 2012 election. So it was like, was that our sophomore, junior year, uh, sophomore year? 
So I was like, oh, I really want to get into this. So I was like, oh, I'm, I think I'm a Democrat. So I'm just going to agree with everything Democrats say. Then you see something, you're like, I don't know if I agree with that necessarily. <laughs> you're like, ah, but I got to stick to it, right? Because you're just, you're like, I'm in this. This is what I wanted. This is what I think I am. But then yeah. you, you read a little bit and you're like, oh, maybe I don't agree with this. I think the problem is some people don't like ever grow out of that type of mentality. Yeah, like they'll sure. adopt something like when they're completely unaware of like larger issues and kind of larger trends. Um, like when they're brand new to politics, they say, Oh, uh, I'm a Christian. So I'm a conservative or just something silly like that. And then there's, they're just stuck with that for life then because they've adopted it and they don't want to change their mind. Yeah. I think that's a good way to, to basically put it because I think people don't, don't want to change your mind, but you should change your mind. If you're going to, I think it's good to change your mind for health reasons. Like if you, I think if you're going to put your health of the world of your body, probably at the top of the list, if you're going to change something. Uh, so that'll be, I think that'll be it for our conversation, man. I had a good time. Um, yeah, this you wanna, was a great time. This was good. I think, uh, you want to plug the book again? Uh, yeah, just tell them so when it's available. I got a book coming out July 1st called the living machine engineering strength with the plant-based diet. Uh, learn all about how to get big and strong eating nothing but plants. Um, and I should have pre-orders of up within the next week or so. So right. hopefully by the time you hear this, uh, you'll be able to pre-order the book. Oh, so actually, they, I don't think they, yeah, I hope they do, but I also hope they listen soon because I think I'm going to post this either tonight or tomorrow. So. Oh, shit. Okay. It might be a day <laughs> or two then after you yeah, do this. That's fine. Uh, yeah, I think they'll be, you know, they stick around. I'll, I'll link uh, whenever it is up. I can go back at it. I'll put the link in the description to this, um, this podcast for the Amazon link because I, I I'll be checking it out, man. I, I want to learn more. I kind of just want to get stronger. I think that's a, a guy thing in me where I'm like, oh, I want big muscles. And if it, if it makes it easier and is healthier, not even easier, just like healthier, that'd be better. Cause I, yeah, I, eat a lot I of think, it, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff I can even touch on in, in this podcast or any podcast in there. So it's, it's pretty dense info. I, I think everyone should check it out. And do you think it's an, e like, if you had to put it on a, on an easy read, you think a normal oh, yeah, person? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I basically took the science and distilled it down. So it's incredibly digestible. I mean, I, I cited like over a hundred studies in there, but it's, it's super digestible. Uh, you threw in the hundred studies. So we all were like, Oh yeah, sure. hundred studies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to check every single one, but yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I encourage you to, if you get, if you get the time. All right. Sweet, man. Uh, thank you so much uh, for being here. Um, uh, yeah. Don't forget to pre-order the book, the living machine, getting big and strong on, you know, the engineering of being a vegan and all that stuff. We talked about it all. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me on.